Good evening. As for me and my house, okay, let's try it one more time. We're gonna, it's going to take us a little bit to get this going. As for me and my house, we will obey the Lord. Good, 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 good. Good. To, glad to have you here. I've got a couple of things that I want to take care of uh, up front first. Uh, I think someone lost their homework. So if this belongs to you, come find me afterwards. And then second, um, I'm assuming that most of you know about the fire in town? Okay, right. Um, I have learned from my introduction to Christian service class that not everyone knows what this is. This is a newspaper. <laughs> this is the place where you find out about news. Uh, unfortunately, well, one of the places. Unfortunately, um, they have discovered uh, the bodies of two people in the, in the apartment complex today and uh, have also arrested two folks in conjunction with the fire. Um, and I wondered, it's just down the street, and I wondered what we could do, and I was going to invite you to leave your coats, and we'd take them down there. But according to the sources, um, there is, uh, they don't need any clothing, they don't need any food, Red Cross needs money. So on the way out today, uh, the uh, offering that we'll take will go to the Red Cross. So I just want to make sure that, um, that you anticipate doing that. It's part of our way that we can say, um, show Christ's love to the, to the community. So just plan on doing that. It is um, my privilege to have my brother in Christ, Darrell Pino, with us. He is a graduate of Nazarene Bible College, and God has taken him... Um, in places, the two places in ministry that I don't think you and I talked about when you were here, Daryl. But I'm glad he has. Um, after, after the chapel service this evening, there's a brochure that will explain his ministry. And he's also brought some, um, brought some pens as gifts for you. Um, so I just want to make sure that, uh, that you know that these are available for him. They, uh, Daryl and his... Um, and the folks that are with him are going to help us worship. So let's do that. All right, turn this on. You're, you're all set. You're it's all set? Okay. Um, it's, it's an honor to be back here. We're really... Uh, Glad to be back, my family and I. We started this journey many years ago, back in, I believe, 94 of, uh, what is it, the last century? <laughs> but uh, we finished up in 2000. It took us five years to complete our journey here at NBC. And all through that time, the Lord was really working on my heart, helping me to understand and to bring about healing in my heart that I didn't know that I needed that kind of healing. I guess part of it was being a native person and in my growing up on the reservation and, and just through my young adult years. For many Native people, for all of us, it's very difficult, it's hard. There's so much that is 
put upon our shoulders and so, many, so much stereotype that has been placed upon us that at times, even when I was here, that I wasn't really comfortable with being a Native person. And it wasn't until years later that the Lord slowly worked on my heart and through the help of a number of people and people like uh, Pastor Joe or Professor Warrington. It's really helped me in my journey to be happy with who I am as a Native person, as a Native American of this country. For years, I guess like most Native people, we try to adapt to our society the best that we can and sometimes we, we just tend to do things just to try to fit in with all the other people. And there's those times that we forget to understand the uniqueness of who we are as Native people. So since I, upon leaving here and going on to the seminary at NTS and spending a year there, there was another professor there who really challenged me and challenged the students that were in his classes to really think outside the box. And that was uh, Dr. Tink. So after my message, if you have someone to blame, it's uh, part of his Dr. Tink and his really <laughs> challenging me to really to think way out there. Because God is bigger than all of us. He's bigger than anything that we can ever imagine. He's bigger than any ministry that we might be thinking of. And in all my thoughts and, and, and what I thought about myself, I never imagined myself to try to start a Native American type of ministry that is geared towards our Native people. So this evening, it'll be a little different, and, and I, I challenge you to try to think outside the box with us also, because God loves all people, and He loves the Native American people of this country. As I look around and, and as I live life, to be honest with you, at times we feel like we're forgotten in our own country. We're always to the outside or on the outskirts of things. And you can just look at our history and it tells the story of how the Native American people have been treated in the past and still today. But what's up on my heart is I know that God loves those people. And for some reason, our Native people have survived all these years through all the, the terrible things that has happened in the past in our history. And I believe that God has a purpose for the Native people of this country. That we just have to be allowed to be able to share that we have something to offer in the way of worshiping God the Creator who also died for us as well as 
all the other nations across the world. So this evening we'll start off with, and if you can stand with us, my friends here, I'm, uh, I come from the Diné, the Navajo Nation. My clan on my mother's side is, we still, we still go by the clan system very much with our people. The clan system is important because it helps to identify with maybe there's some other um, tribal members that have clans also. So if I have a clan that they can relate to, they might be my brother or my sister or my grandmother or, or you know, my mother, my dad in, in clan way. And that way they're able to relate to me and to understand where I come from and where I'm going. So on my mother's side, I come from the metal people. And on my dad's side, I was born for the Apache from the uh, Muscalero Apache, which is from um, New Mexico. Just to give you a brief history on that, when you know that Cherokee have the Trail of Tears with our, Na our Navajo people, we call it the Long Walk. We had something that was similar when the soldiers marched off my grandmas and my grandpas and took them off our homeland. Well, at that time, one of my grandfathers didn't want to go on that long walk. So he moved down to, to live with the Muscalero Apaches. And that's where I get that part of my Apache side, that clan that comes from that side. So you can see just by sharing in this little way that we have a lot of culture and a lot of heritage and a lot of things that we still hold dear to us that identifies us as who we are. And my friend here, his name is uh, Doug Foote and his son, they're uh, Lakotas from um, South Dakota, from Pine Ridge. And uh, so they're different tribe from, from what I am. And a lot of the stereotype, again, is we tend to put all the native people in one boat or in one category, and that's not good either because they're unique in their own ways. They have their own language and their own culture and their own way of doing things. We're not the same at all. The only way we're the same is we're just both uh, Native Americans of this country. So he'll be sharing a song which is an honoring song. And for years, the drum that you see there, a lot of times it was focus upon as something that was evil and bad. But when I look in the churches and we play guitars and we have the drums and the horns and those same instruments can also be used in the bar and by, you know, people who don't honor God, don't honor the Creator. So why can't we as Native people set aside a drum and to be able to use to honor God? And that's all this song is, it's, it's an honor song for our Creator. So that's, that's what it is. So when, when we do it, we stand, and it's a way of honoring and coming before God. You may be seated. I guess for uh, time's sake and 
If you get a chance, you can pick up one of our brochures and it'll tell about our ministry. It's been a rough journey for this ministry. And I remember that some of the professors used to say that sometimes you got to wear uh, a lot of hats to be able to, uh, to take on the ministry sometimes. And that's the way it has been for, for the start of this ministry. It's a lot of work. We're finally at the point where we finally got our uh, non-profit tax number and we're a non-profit organization and we did everything through the IRS and went did all our bylaws and I mean everything was from scratch and I don't know there's times that I couldn't sleep and probably pulling out my hairs at times trying to figure out what the next step is but you know the Lord provides and he allowed me to have the courage to 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 do this without him you know it's it's in reality we have to be weak for him to be strong in our lives so with that and for time's sake I I chose the the passage out of John 114 and I looked at a few scriptures and, and a few different translations and the one that I think that really brings a home for me is out of the message. It says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory. Like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The word became flesh and blood and pitched his teepee in the community. As a Native American, this would be the way that the great warrior Jesus would move into the First Nations community. In reality, when the word took on flesh, he moved into all communities across the world. It is even more so with our current global community. It was not just the Jewish community that our Lord chose to come into. In fact, he came to all nations, cultures, languages, or whichever way you choose to see an individual or its people. Among our Lakota nation, there is a term that is used which refers to all people as relatives, matakiasi, meaning all my relations. This is a clear picture of how the creator of the world has seen us from the beginning of time and ultimately choosing to be among us with love and compassion. And the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. As I thought about these words of John, it brought to mind the great love of our Lord Jesus Christ, being God, the Almighty, the Great Spirit, the Creator, or whichever way a nation chooses to, to address Him. He didn't have to come to this lowly community of ours. After all, He has 
total sovereignty of the whole universe. He is the one who knows all the stars by name and at the same time knows all of us as individuals deeply, probably more than we will ever know ourselves. Today I have finally come to an understanding that the Great One loves me as He created me, a Native American of this country. He moved into my community and slowly, with lots of love and compassion, moved into my heart where I could become a part of His tribe. This process took many years, and I think this also holds true for many other First Nations people. Instead, in the name of Jesus, many have come to, to overtake, and this has been hard for us. As one elder once said, he says, there are three things that drove the Europeans when they entered North America. The three G's, he calls them. God, goal, and glory. When the Word became flesh, Love was the motivating factor that caused Jesus to come into our community. Sure, he has all the riches of the universe, but when he decided to come, he left behind all his riches and glory and entered humbly. Real love brings about meaningful changes. Currently among the First Nations population, less than 10% really have a deep personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. I've come to find out that many of the other 90% are close and are seeking in the right direction. This goes against the stereotype that we Native Americans are far from the saving truth, not having any knowledge of salvation. But in fact, God's saving grace is much at work among our Native people. Once again, his love is being extended through the few workers who are willing to walk the Jesus way in love and humbleness. If we Native Americans are so far from the truth and wicked in all our ways, customs and cultures, then why has the Lord not wiped us out many years ago? I believe that Native people all along have been close to the Great One, that in fact we have much to give to the larger body of Christ if only given the chance, the same chance that Jesus gave us when He took on the flesh and moved into our community. Just by viewing the history of this country, was it really true love of Christ that was being extended to the Native American population? It is estimated that Pre-Columbus native population ranged from 10 to 30 million. Then by 1900, there were only 237,000 who survived the greatest holocaust in history. Today there are 2 million in the U.S. and 1.3 million in Canada. Jesus came into this world with love why is it that most believers have a hard time walking in the same love that Jesus was clothed with? Are we supposed to be Christ-like among the people around us? 
As a native person reflecting back on my history, things could have been so much better among the First Nations people if the love was reflected in the right manner. Our suicide rates would not be five times higher than the national rate. The 75% of Native American homes affected by alcoholism would be down when the word became flesh. It took the meaning of love beyond human understanding. I believe that all of us must be challenged to try to reflect the love that our Lord was clothed with when he stepped into this world. Today, people are starving for real love, a love that brings respect, compassion, and humbleness. At times, I am saddened by how our nation seems to be still motivated by the three Gs, God, goal, and glory. If we are followers of Jesus and we are instructed to love others, why is it that today we have a problem with some of our brothers from Mexico coming into this country? Jesus ministered to all people, often stepping across racial boundaries. I believe that it is time to reflect upon our relationship with our Lord and see if the true love of Christ is really flowing from our lives. When the word became flesh, that was a time of sadness for humanity that Jesus entered to this world. The same unhappiness is still apparent in our world. A world longing for the love of Christ and never finding fulfillment is the sad truth currently. Christ came to us in love. Our Lord did this for us. And I think the one passage that really comes to mind when I think about this too, of, of our humble, how Jesus came to us in humbleness and love was in Philippians 2, 6 to 8. It says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, as some, something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. As I look at my own people, they have been through some tremendous, some hard times, in all of this, I always see, see my people and other native people. They've always remained humble and continue to trust in their creator to carry them through the disheartening times. As I have begun to journey alongside them, I have seen how many are in tune spiritually with the great one than most people. Sure, it is very tough to be Native American these days. Every day is a struggle. Very little changes are happening for the better, and most of the time it just seems like we're swimming upstream. Despite all of this, we hold on to the sacredness of honoring our Creator. 
But through all of this, the Lord is reminding me also to remain humble and strong in Him. After all, when I am weak, He is strong. Again, it is very difficult. Just this past year, our ministry sent out, we sent out 82 letters to 82 different churches here in the Colorado Springs area. The letter basically stated that our, our new ministry was setting roots here in Colorado Springs and we're gearing towards our native people, trying to love them and to be with them. And I shared in that letter that I'd be willing to come and to share the vision that the Lord had placed upon my heart and why the need for this ministry. But sad to say today that we didn't even get one response. Did the word become flesh? Are we not a part of the family of the great one? Wasn't part of the Lord's purpose to allow us, all of us, to be part of the body of Christ as we walk the Jesus way? If we are truly a part of the body of Christ, why are there lines of boundaries drawn within our believing communities? So many questions, but all the answers are found in the Lord. All one has to do is look at his life as he walked this earth. He truly showed us the real way to walk in beauty and harmony. There's a phrase that comes from my people. It says, may I walk in beauty, beauty before me, beauty to my side, beauty above me, and beauty below me. When I ponder on this, how can I say that the Creator is not extending His grace towards my people? and other First Nations people. The way of beauty is what Jesus came to show us, to walk in holiness with Him, to walk in beauty with Him, to walk in harmony with Him. I am starting to see that we Native people have so much to offer spiritually in relating to our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we willing to really walk in love and humbleness as the word becomes flesh in us as we walk the red road with Jesus as our native people say. The red road represents the walk one has and is striving to walk with the great one. For many Native Americans walking the red road is, is very important to them. The red road is not to us a religion but it is a way of life, a relationship it is a road where one can find harmony, a blessing which flows from the Creator to help us in life. A few years ago, my daughter was part of a youth group of a local Nazarene church. They were planning a mission trip to our Navajo reservation and my daughter wanted to be very much a part of this trip. Prior to leaving for the trip and one of the gatherings for the preparations, my daughter being a full-blooded Navajo, she heard this remark from one of the youth pastors. We are going to the land of the drunks. My daughter was very hurt, came home crying, 
took all of this hatred humbly just like so many other native people was this love was this humbleness was this the word becoming flesh in the words of this pastor when the Lord came to us in humbleness he disregarded all the stereotypes he came with love and compassion he came to this world with humbleness he started out life like all of us he grew and lived life among his people daily learning different customs and ways of his people he did not come and say it is either my way or the highway no he came because he knew that the most important thing was in first helping the person was to have a deep understanding of that individual and his customs and his cultures with our native people this did not happen many never took the time to see us as unique people also loved by the same God that had brought them to this country instead our people were told often to cut their hair when they were shown a picture of Jesus with long hair and they said Jesus loves you many came saying that God is love and yet at the same time seeing us as something other than a human being that is why our people were told to cut their hair and change clothing and even to the point of trying to wipe out our culture if our culture was so bad then why do so many today so many people profit from it and many are seeking for more knowledge to try to be a native person today I now understand that God has allowed these First Nations people to survive for a special purpose today we need to be given the time to be understood as a people loved by the Lord Jesus just take a look at the Christian history of this country then you will realize that it is time that the native people of North America need to be seen as a unique nations created by God I hope that someday I will no longer have the feeling that we are still a forgotten nation within our own country because today that is exactly how many of my people feel despite this many continue in life that someday things will get better they still have hope back in the early years of this country once there was a chief back east who said these words to a missionary that came to his village he said you people always say that you come in love of the great one but I do not understand when the Baptist came we were told to become Baptists later the Catholics came and we became Catholics then the Methodists came and again we were told to become Methodists if all of you say that you believe in the same God of love then why can you not get along also why must we change every time a new missionary comes if the God you talk about is love and we believe that the great one also loves us then why can he loves us as we are and the word became flesh 
and pitch this teepee in our community. In closing, I'd like to leave you with the words of Paul, the one who captured the true meaning of love, compassion, and humbleness for the people of his time. He's the one that really captured and really understood what it means to take on the flesh of love of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23, he, he writes these words, and it's, for me, it always has really just brings everything together for me for this ministry. Because so many times, I want to do things my way, or the way I have been taught. But the Lord Jesus says, we must go out and love. We don't do the saving, he does. All we're asked to do is to be out in the community and love people and show them the way. Here, Paul, this is what he says. He says, I have become a servant of everyone so that I can bring them to Christ. When I am with the Jews, I become one of them so that I can bring them to Christ. When I am with those who follow the Jewish laws, I do the same even though I am not subject to the law so that I can bring them to Christ. When I am with the Gentiles who do not have the Jewish law, I fit in with them as much as I can. In this way, I gain their confidence and bring them to Christ. But I do not discard the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are oppressed, I share their oppression so that I might bring them to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone so that I might bring them to Christ. I do all this to spread the good news and in doing so I enjoy its blessings. And that's what we try to do as Pearl and Juanita and some of the others, we, we do our best to walk the Jesus way. And you've probably noticed why I, I use certain terms like the Jesus way because when you're trying to share with the native people, when you say I'm a Christian, there's so much that has been attached to that name that is bad that even for myself, in that setting, I don't say I'm a Christian, but I say I'm a Jesus follower. That's who I am. What I want to relate tonight is for all of you to be sensitive to your communities, to the people around you who are you trying to minister to. It is all about love and humbleness. Maybe that's what it means when, it, when the Lord says, you must take up your cross and follow me daily. It is a difficult road. It's a tough road. But always, we must love the people around us. So someday when you get out and, and you, you, you leave this institution and you'll come across some native people, get to know them. Love them. Put all the stereotypes to the side. 
and get to know them as unique people created by God because they have something to offer that we haven't been allowed to offer all these years and maybe that's why we only have that 10% but as I see more and more and more as I'm making friends and just being showing my who I am being genuine with our native people they open up and at times I'm able to pray with them and to share things with them but at no time do I ever say hey here's the Bible with all the answers and you need to be saved and you know get on and get it at the altar and you know it, it doesn't work but what works with people is love loving them that's what Jesus did with us when the word became flesh he loved us as who we are all of us and in closing we'll uh, share one more song this is another Lakota song it's a it's a four direction song because with our native people we understand that God is all around us that he's not just in one certain area or one part of the world but he chooses to be wherever he wants to be and he's all around us because he's not bound by our sometimes we try to contain him in a box but in reality we're the ones in a box so this song is called a four direction song another it's a Lakota song so we'll share that with you in closing and it's just it's a song that just honors and, 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 and talks about the Creator just uh, around us with His love. And uh, again, it is a, a, a Lakota song that is unique to, to our Lakota brothers here. And keep us in prayer. It is hard, it's difficult, it's not an easy road. And I've come to find out that many people talk about reconciliation but they don't really mean it I'm being honest with you so just keep us in prayer and we'll try to do our best to minister to our own people <laughs> 